The following program may contain content not suitable for all audiences. Welcome to Metagamers Anonymous, a program dedicated to tabletop role-playing games and mostly related material or presentation of Prismatic Tsunami. My name is Eric. I'm Rich. And I'm Vanessa. And uh, that's it right now. This is episode uh, number 279, Power to Choose. Because you know choice is a hot topic right now. Yes, that's not somewhere to go, though. No, because, no. you know, yeah, <laughs> that's not what this show is about. Politics. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about meaningful choices of a different sort. Game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not politics they, is an issue. <laughs> not that they can't occasionally be related, but um, we're, we're going to get into that a little bit here um, after a while. I've, I've had some, um, I don't know if I'd call them epiphanies. That's way too strong a word. But some of our games lately, I've, I've definitely had some moments where I thought, is this, uh, is this the right tack? Am I making the right decision as a game master, you know, kind of rolling with this or pushing this that direction? Uh, because in our group, and I, I know this isn't universally true for a lot, of, a lot of gaming groups, but in our group, there is a, a tendency towards inertia if there is no push from outside forces. You know, we, we, have a, we, we do have a lot of players who like the story to kind of give them a sense of direction. You know, some players obviously are not like that. Some players are very much like, you know what, don't fucking try to direct me, Mr. Game Master, sir. <laughs> I will decide where this train is going. <laughs> I'm going to jump the rails and go this way. And that's fine, too. That's fine, too. See, I, need, I don't need full-blown rails, but I would like established trails. I think we've uh, we found a good balance in that. I mean, <laughs> all roads go to the same us. place, anyways. Oh, oh that's um. <laughs> oh, see, now that and that's another uh, aspect of the topic entirely, right? Um, okay, I'll get into it. First, I want to talk a little bit about TsunamiCon. Uh, TsunamiCon is coming up October 21st, 22nd, 23rd. I think of the dates right. I, you know, I say them, I, I type them enough, you'd think I'd know. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun, guys. If you've never been to the convention, I definitely urge you to uh, take the time out of your schedule and come out and spend it with us. If you're anywhere near, within driving distance of Wichita, Kansas, it is so worth it. I am at yes. this point barely in driving distance of Wichita, Kansas. You're pushing it. I'll definitely be there. <laughs> but it, and as it is, it may be a caravan because I got so much shit to bring. I don't think I can fit it all in my car, which is another problem we're looking at right now. But you know what? I did that to myself. I, I literally could have found somebody there to store stuff with. And I was just afraid that that was imposing or that I wouldn't actually, you know, know what I had if I did that. Rent an SUV. Right. Well, that's definitely one of the options we're looking at. I've got a, a line on a couple of really good jobs because I've been I've been looking for stuff that that you know suits my skill set and I'll find interesting and challenging, and uh, that could really change things up to give me some options. Uh, you know, we we need to look at trading in a vehicle anyway at some point. You know, maybe that's uh, an option opportunity to look at something that will carry. Our uh, convention luggage places, because even the tea stuff alone takes up a huge amount of space when we try to cart it around. We came to Wichita for uh, Anime Fest, and we had to leave shit at home. It, I mean, that, that's the first time that's happened, but that's because we had my son, who, when we <laughs> lived in Wichita, there was always people he could stay with. We didn't know anybody out here in the, in the middle of nowhere, so it's like, um, I guess we got to make room for him in the car. I don't think he'll fit in one of the boxes with the tea jars, so. <laughs> so I just mailed him. 
you know, we thought about that, but the shipping is horrendous right now. That's right. Live animals. Sorry. And I think he's gotten just over the weight limit on uh, freight. And that's if I don't reveal that he's a live animal. Oh, well, yeah. Otherwise, you got to do it, you know, express. And, but, like, he eats uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Chick- <laughs> chicken strips. That's about it. <laughs> on, on the other hand, at the rate he's growing now, he'll be, like, three inches taller. So, you're going to have to leave room for expansion. Oh, my God. I don't want to think about it. You know what? <laughs> He's, I, I'm okay. He's 13, and I think he's still shorter than I was at that age, and I was a short guy. I still am a short guy, so you know, <laughs> do, do, deal with it, kid. <laughs> you, you got a rough life ahead of you. But uh, definitely get online. Uh, the links are in the show notes. Um, you, If you have any questions, you can reach out to us. Feedback at prismaticsunami.com is a good way to reach me. Uh, or, of course, we have our, um, our social media channels. We have our Discord server, places you can drop in and leave us a note. Uh, the convention's a whole lot of fun, and uh, we're filling up the schedule slowly but steadily, getting games and events on the schedule so that by the time that I, I open up registration, say around the end of August, we're going to have a whole lot to pick from. Really oh, excited about that. I still need to that. figure out what all I'm going to do. Yes, you do. Vanessa's going to run <laughs> some games. Um, yes. <laughs> I know this because she bought the I'm going to run some damn games ticket. I was planning on running games anyway, so might as well get a discount for it, right? If, if you do, if you are a game master um, or you would like to host an event of some sort, you can earn credit off your badge. Or even if you get like a weekend pass and, and do enough hours of it, you can get a free pass. I bought the Entertain uh, Me badge. Yeah, that's, that's always fair. nice, too. I, I really <laughs> like those. I get all the goodies. Not a whole lot of those left. <laughs> if you If you want a VIG pass, there's a few left, but not a lot. So you better get on it. TsunamiCon.org, best place to find all the details and uh, have a blast. I just, I just want to see people. I'm just looking forward to seeing people. Yeah, I live, I live a long ways from people right now. I mean, people I know, people I game with. I all my game, all my gaming is online now, except for like gaming a little bit with my my wife and my son. Which you know, bless the heart, I really enjoy gaming with my family. I'm super excited as a husband and a father that I get to do that because I know. So many people in relationships and with families that don't, and I, I feel sad for them. <laughs> and if you're listening and you're that person, I feel sad for you. I just love being able to do that, but it's a pretty small game, and my son's not really that mature yet. So it's are you? It's a challenge. Hey, hey. <laughs> I it, but, you're old you enough. Know. You rolled your eyes when we turned into a snowball rolling down the hill. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wait a minute yeah i'm not the one you should be talking to buddy <laughs> hey i have no compunctions on my maturity levels you know you point that figure you got three fingers pointing back right right wait um, <laughs> do i need to point the whole hand <laughs> point, uh, do people get that semaphore use flags <laughs> i really miss gaming with people though it's driving me nuts i want to uh i, I keep telling my wife i said because she's the one who's got a regular job right now so I keep telling her, I said, you, you work with a lot of people. There's got to be some geeks there. Come on, you know, kind of. Uh, I bought her some new dice so that she, with the condition that she would put them on her desk where they could be seen. So anybody that walks in and makes a comment about the dice or picks them up, because she works in payroll. So like everybody drops by there at some point to complain. <laughs> to be That's fair, fair, I did re-meet your wife at work and then go, wait, I do know you. Yes. You're the Tsunami Con lady. She's like, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, I don't know if she's exactly excited about that part anymore but but she does love doing the tea thing so <laughs> and the, the community is good at it that. we're actually um struggling a little bit because you know one of the things about ever uprooting your life and all that shit yeah you know, we're uh we're looking at trying to deal with making sure she's got enough time off you know for the trip and everything uh we're supposed to do tsunami con in october which is obviously the priority 
and then uh, turn around and do Midwest Game Fest in December. And the funny thing is that um, we, we're, uh, you know, I'm a featured guest at Midwest, and they they uh, give us a really great location on the TV. It's it's something that we definitely want to be there for, you know. And uh, I, uh, um, what was I going to say? I, I completely lost it. Completely fucking lost it. Yeah, because I was do that. I don't, man, I don't know. Talking about but, tea and yeah. time and tea time. Yeah, well, I just. I, I like that she's excited about it. I like that it's a big deal for her, you know, and it gives her something to, um, you know, kind of invest her time and energy into. And and there's so many um, of our attendees who've been, you know, become part of it, you join the tea parties, make sure and stop by and see her every time, um, buy a cup of tea, sometimes buy actual bags of tea, you know, and it's it's allowed us to build this kind of great uh, series of relationships, you know, with our, with our core community there in Wichita, you know, and and then with uh, with with the people in Kansas City area, people up in Denver, these other events that we go to, it's just a lot of fun, and I'm glad she really digs it because um, it it brought kind of I think a little new life to the convention for her because it was kind of a it got kind of a struggle. It's work, you know. It's when we started the con, it looked like it was fun, and I'm not saying it isn't fun, but it's a work. It's a lot of work, and for me, it's a lot of work. Most of the year leading up to the convention. So it's it's not as bad as it used to be. I've gotten better at it. <laughs> but <laughs> more practice, I guess. All of post-it notes. <sighs> I just, uh, now I just, it's just a matter of making sure that I keep everything rolling and don't, you know, I mean, we, we try to keep metagamers going so we get an episode out every couple of weeks. We do Exposition Street every week. I run at least two games a week when things are rolling right. Yeah, I don't want to sacrifice the other things that we're working on to focus on the convention. And sometimes that's a challenge. And then, and, and, you know, and, and like everybody, I've got life. I've got, I've got, a, I still got a kid at home. I've got, I've got I'm, I'm in school, you know, working on my master's. I work, I'm looking for work full time, you know, which if you do it right, you're doing it full time. But it's, uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And uh, I don't regret the move because we did it for a lot of good reasons. But, you know, it's a huge upset. And we talk about it constantly. You know, you have to revisit that. You know, is this, uh, is this a situation that makes us happy? Is this a situation that, you know, we're, we're still happy in? We're getting the quality of life we want out of it. You know, she's healthier up here. So she's definitely getting an improvement in quality of life, which makes me happier, you know. Um, you guys remember what it was like. She couldn't even work. Yeah, uh, no, That's what I was no, going to mention. That's totally worth it. As I said, as I mentioned, is, uh, with with um, with you guys working for um, in the tax industry, you know, you have those blackout periods, as particularly you know in like March, April, a little bit right before TsunamiCon, which is why we always schedule for the latter part of October. And uh, she was, you know, she was there too, working with you guys, and you know, for a few years. And obviously, it was the same situation. It was really hard to work around some of that. Now she works for an insurance company, so their blackout is like open enrollment. <laughs> Which makes sense. November, December, <laughs> when they're trying to make up, you know, trying to get everything set, set up and and caught up before the beginning of the year. But fortunately, again, she's an accountant, so she's not dealing with all the actual insurance stuff. So I, I think we yeah. should be a good way for that, if, if, as long as she can get them to let her go for a few days. And uh, we'll see what happens. So so I hope to see everybody not just at SonamiCon, but Midwest Game Fest as well, which is in uh, the first weekend of December this year in Independence, Missouri. The time which is off, just trying to decide convention. if I can get money for tickets and a hotel and all that other fun stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. Be excited to see you guys there. That'll be so much fun. Um, I run games there. I don't and get to do that at my Justin con. Do stuff. <laughs> yeah, because he's got a new job and everything too, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah, so we've got a new game. Um, we're like, like hanging on. Any news? I'm sure you would have said no. No, that, he's I mean, still yeah. in training, and it's taking its hang, time. On hanging by the fingertips here. We could have had two or three sessions by now, you know. <laughs> no. 
But no, I, yeah, I don't blame you though. I mean, obviously you you got a you got a deal. You got you got life you got to figure out. Yep. And uh, his schedule may not be copacetic with you taking the time, obviously, that we would need for a game on a Sunday. This is what we're looking at a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Which, yeah, you know, I, I still work I a lot of Sundays. Yeah, yeah, and, and we talked about it. We could pick another day. We could potentially move it. Um, so far, you two and uh, my friend Brian are the only ones who have, you know, kind of committed to being interested in the game. And I, I think there's a little more flexibility there. The, the reason I kind of wanted to focus on Sundays is because it's the least likely to be disrupted by just everything. That's fair. You know, yeah. In the past, we didn't have a lot of problems. I mean, occasionally your work schedule would come up. That occasionally happens. But yeah. other than that, it wasn't really much of an issue. Uh, I'd like that. But if we have to do it another time, maybe we can come up with something. That, and just better better than not being able to do it at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so here's the thing, though. Uh, what we've been talking about uh, doing and... I I've been kind of I've been kind of ruminating on this for a while is revisiting the War of the Burning Sky. Now if you're a longtime fan of the podcast, uh thank you. If you're a longtime <laughs> fan of the podcast, I you you've heard us talk about it a few times. It may have been a while since it's come up, but it's the major adventure path that my group was in the middle of back when we started the podcast in like 20 oh, six, no, 2012 or something like that, 2011. And um 2012. I think, yeah, we, we passed the 10-year mark this year. So, 2012. We were in the middle of the campaign, and it kind of fell apart. Um, we actually were on hiatus at the time that we started the show. One of the reasons we started the show is because we had a night that we were used to gaming. Some of the gamers couldn't be there anymore because what had caused problems in this campaign, which, mind you, this was a long adventure path. It was 12 separate adventures that were geared up towards this epic campaign, because I like that shit. And the party had made it into the 12th adventure. They had gone from first level all the way up to about 18th, 17th, 18th level. And this was um, third edition Pathfinder, I think, one of those. Anyway, they got to this point, and then schedules fell apart. After like five years of play, four years of playing this game, I don't remember, something like that crazy and so you don't immediately go well guess that one's done and just throw your hands in the air and walk away you go let's see if we can figure out a way to massage this back maybe we need to give a little time and, and schedules will change again you know and we tried that and about six eight months went by and we're like this ain't happening so that particular group of people didn't get together to play again uh, not for at least a couple of years. And uh, by then we had lost enough of the thread of it. And, you know, it's like it would have been it would have been tough to jump into the end. And especially with characters that you no longer remembered everything they could do. And, you know, you, you it would it would have made everything kind of stumble. And what if you made bad decisions or, you know, that, that cost you something massive because you were dealing with the biggest battle of the game? I see you grinning over there, Rich. Just because I remember, I know what you're thinking. I I did technically get to play in that game for like about 90 seconds. Mm. Yeah, and this is the one where we got to that point, and the campaign kind of stopped right before they were about to go down down and deal with the big bad at the end of the game. And uh, so we never got back to it. So years later, I'm running the Zeitgeist Adventure Path, and the Zeit we've talked about that a lot on the show. Of course, that was another one from Ian Publishing, same publishers, um, same brain, you know, behind it all. Uh, and um, Ryan wrote some really amazing uh, stuff for Zeitgeist, and we had a, a really great time with this campaign, and it went on for a good five, six years. And we get to the point where I figure out a way that I can kind of integrate a side story into the campaign 
that would allow me to actually kind of cheat and finish the original War of the Burning Sky came out because they're ostensibly potentially in the same world. Like Ryan's head canon was that they are and they were separated by centuries. You know, not just the, not just the area of the world, but also a lot of time ago. By. Anyway, so I used that idea and kind of made it so that the characters from that, you know, some, whatever had happened, the characters, the, the characters now, the players didn't even know, right. obviously, because I, I didn't tell them how things were going to end or whatever. Um, I think maybe we had some conversations about it in in general terms, um, because it has a very dramatic, epic sort of story ending, obviously. Anyway, we get to this point where I, fi- I figure out a way that I could kind of like use this, send the current players, the current characters, like mentally careening into the bodies and brains of the characters at the end of that last campaign. Their own characters, of course. Which I had re, re, rewritten for fifth edition at this point. Re got the entire adventure set up and ready to go for fifth for the last part of this campaign, and dropped this bomb on them at the end of a game session, right? Where I, I literally started, you know, they 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 were taken away by this magical effect, and they were they, something had happened, and they woke up, and they were in this position. I started, I, I dealt out the character sheets. It was such a cool moment. Uh, now Richard was the only player at that table who hadn't been in that original group. But I had this crazy plan that really worked <laughs> to bring him along as his own character from the Zeitgeist game. I never defined my patron. And tie him into the original group in a really fun way by making Brother Sunshine, uh, Jason's character from that campaign, you know, at this point, a very high level priest um, who had had a lot of who had a brush with divine beings and uh, making that the patron of his celestial warlock all these centuries later in another part of the world. And when he recognized him, it gave us another kind of angle to drop in there that tied him into what was going on. <laughs> and I'd heard I was so much so excited. about War of the Burning Sky at that point that I'm like, wait, Brother Sunshine was my patron this whole time? That explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I had, the funny thing is, I had kind of planned that before I came up with all the other stuff. Since you had never given that to me. We yeah. had a conversation about that early on, and I said, so you're not going to tell me any more than that. It was in the character of my character. From my character's perspective, all he cared about since he was a kid growing up was to learn magic, and he had that ripped away from him in his backstory, and he went on this quest to find magic, and he found it in a patron and became a celestial warlock and he really didn't care about much of the other magic he cared about being able to do the big magic showy things because that's what he did and he was all about charisma and and style and so yeah no to him he could care less who his patron was as long as he had magic he's like yes i did it i achieved magic even though the colleges wouldn't teach him to me even though it's not the same thing it was was a cool setup (laughs) really really got to take advantage of that I love character backstories that just give you a lot of room as a game master to fuck it up and do what you want. And that was and, you know, awesome. If, as long as you can make it fun for the players, too. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, that sad story ends with the fact that that turned out to be our very last session before the uh, pandemic made it unwise to get together in person. So, again, you enter this into this hiatus thinking, this is only a matter of time. Remember back then? <laughs> you remember that moment where we're all like, oh, you know, It'll a, be a couple weeks. months. We're fine. Yeah. You know, we, we just got to just kind of lay low for uh, six, eight weeks or whatever and let some of this pass. And Two, three months max. <sighs> there were players and, have and, other personal issues on top of everything else. All the thing else goes to... Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. been crazy. And that was it. I never got back to it. So, uh, long story short. Too late. 
the uh, the War of the Burning Sky um, has been through some conversions, and uh, they've they've released a fifth edition rendition of it and i've gotten my hands on uh, most of that source material already and i uh was very seriously thinking for quite a while about trying to find a way to run it again hoping to climb that uh long long hill from the opening encounters of the campaign all the way to the end and see if we could actually get through it this time I know how it's likely to work, but we've had such good luck lately with keeping a game running and being able to, you know, sprawl out long adventures. The problem is that none of the existing groups I had were ideal for it because I had too many of the players with the original game and knew the material. And even, you know, no matter how much I change up the material, the core story is convoluted enough I wouldn't want to take away from that. Right. Some of them would be easier probably to get by than others. Like, Nero's one of those people who doesn't remember a lot of details of things. So she could probably participate and just be surprised a lot. <laughs> but even then, the the basic story would be known, you know. So yeah. there'd be a lot of stuff that, that wouldn't be a surprise. And, and, th- and decisions that would have to be made where, you, you know, you'd, you have to kind of sit on your hands because your player knowledge is different. I really wanted a fresh, fresh group. And I happen to have players... In. I've I've have had players in these ge- in my games that like you you guys specifically that have not that were not part of that you know weren't there at the time weren't involved in that and would be fantastic candidates to revisit this. I came into well, Zeitgeist at level thirteen. So. Oh, did you really? Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Well I remember campaign. my starting level. <laughs> yeah, well into the campaign, and uh, you know, and you got to play quite a bit of it. I mean, there's just a lot of material in this. A lot of campaign. material in that. I enjoyed Zeitgeist a lot too. I'd love to do it again at some point. Uh, I I don't know though. I mean, this it's funny because this was a thing I used to do in my youth. Um, just like recently, I the 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 game we're doing on Tuesdays is the Desert of Desolation. I mean, okay, <laughs> the desert adventures were run for me by my first dungeon master when I was a kid. You know, I I remember. Oh, very little of it, but I remember enjoying the shit out of it and being so terribly taken with the lore and the flavor of it and um, and and the whole adventure through the pyramid that you guys have already done. I, I just really uh, got a lot out of it. Later on, when I had a chance and bought the material myself, um, I you know I, I got a I had the opportunity to really kind of dig into it and uh, over the years, over the decades, because I've been I've been playing since about 1983. I have had the opportunity a couple times to run that particular mega adventure in its entirety. And uh, they were very different experiences both times. And this one's been a very different experience so far. And I'm glad that we're doing it. But revisiting these old adventures again and again is, is kind of a mixed bag because I'm not doing anything super fresh for me. And it's a little bit just nostalgia. You know, I, it's, I, I'm baking out that nostalgia for me and, and sharing it with you guys in a way that I get to. Yeah. You know? I, you know, I, the last time I ran it, it, it wasn't just me. Like, the last time I ran it, actually, I wasn't ever probably going to run it again. And Jonica and I got back together because we were, you know, we were associated, like, in high school. She, she was one of my gamers. I had tried to run it back in the day, and um, the game had fallen apart. You know, we'd moved, stuff like that. It was, you know, we were young. And uh, so when I got back together with her 15 some odd years ago, 16 years ago, uh, she was like, that was one of the first things she did was like, I got friends that play d and I'd like you to get a game going. Oh, by the way, I would love to finish, actually finish the desert. I'd love to see the rest of that adventure. We could do that. So that was actually the last time I ran it. So it's been over a decade. So it felt like, you know, I, I could I could do this and feel all fresh and new. And, right. and consequently, 
This time around, I've made a lot of changes to the material, and, and that's fine. <laughs> and then I've got you guys. Because in case I thought I was getting the same adventure, I got you fuckheads who really take it in a different <laughs> direction every chance you get. It doesn't help that I am designed to dungeon crawl and take the hits and do the swings and do the attacks, but I am also very much designed to do the whole conversation, discussion. Face character stuff. Yeah. And your support character. It's uh, it's an interesting... Well, that's uh, bards really are jack-of-all-trades types. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of their point. <laughs> Have you guys seen the trailer for the Dungeons & Dragons movie? Yes, it looks that's good. all anybody's talking about right now. I think it uh, looks good, and people are being complaint. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome <laughs> welcome to the world. <laughs> yeah. I But then again, you know, <laughs> I, I was going to love it no matter what, because that's just me. I, I'm going to see the movie when it comes out, but I'm not going to get excited before then because I was excited about the last one. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. I really last do. Last one had Jeremy Irons, and Jeremy Irons makes everything. I, I he was hate the last him. one. I just didn't love the last one. <laughs> Thing is, there's actually been a couple of uh, like straight to video TV type D and D movies after that one. Yeah. One of whom even had a character in common, a bad guy. And that one was better than that original movie. <laughs> I can't remember the name That's of it. That's a low bar. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for one, they use like real scenery. Uh, anyway. Scenery. <laughs> that, that, Whatever. That, uh, that Corey Solomon thing in the, it was in the 90s. Gosh, 2000s, early, early 2000s. Yeah. Just awful. And and the the, the CGI, bad CGI for the, at the time, you know, scenery shifts and everything. It was just, I mean, it was, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's from me. We should do it on the show. I guess we should do it. Maybe we should do it when Honor Among Thieves comes out, is do the original Dungeons and Dragons movie. Because so we, we would have a lot to talk about. We can get a hold of it, yeah. No love. Okay. <laughs> I've got it like on DVD somewhere. I I did buy it, you know, just show yeah, my support. Yeah, but you live really far away now. It's not that easy. Well, yeah, yeah. It's hard to do a watch party that way, isn't it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I have access to it somewhere. Anyway, my the reason I thought of it was because Chris Pine is a bard. The 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 kind of the he is of the face he character. Is. What else okay. is he going to be? All right. Yeah, I'm bought in now. All right. I'm like, <laughs> dude. And when I, so when I realized that, I was like, there's a good example. Jackson makes sense. <laughs> There's a good example. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. And Michelle Rodriguez plays a barbarian, so yeah, I like her and everything. Nice. I don't Not know a badass. Who that is. Uh, you'd recognize her and stuff. I mean, oh, you, I'm she's sure. been a lot of stuff. She was a, hel- a helicopter-ish pilot in uh, Avatar. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. She's been in a bunch of the Fast and the Furious stuff, but I don't know if you guys watched that or not. Yeah, no. I know who you're talking about now. <laughs> I love it. And I don't even like cars that much. Uh, but I'm just, I like I Fast like and the Furious movie. for the first couple. I like movies. I, li- I like moving pictures and sounds, and I like action. <laughs> and I, 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 I kind of like Vin Diesel. I know that's really kind of creepy, but there you have it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but if you if you listen to Exposition Street, you already kind of know where I fall on the whole movie thing. <laughs> uh, you love everything, even if no one loves it. You love it. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like that's a bad thing. I didn't I, say it was I don't a bad mind thing. being that guy. I really don't. Do I ever give a bad rating to anything? Have you given I mean, a bad rating? I don't think so. Oh, don't make me <laughs> look that up. This is the wrong podcast. No, wrong show. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> <worries>. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about meaningful choices. the The context in terms of uh, role playing game, you know, tabletop role playing experience, is uh, mostly about whether or not the uh, deeds of the adventurers, of the protagonists, the heroes, the PCs, matter in the context of the story. And this is, uh, I think, 
something that probably doesn't get quite enough attention paid to it. Too often, conflict resolution is the way that we move a story forward, particularly in adventure games like Dungeons and Dragons, where, you know, whether or not the PCs do something meaningful often depends on how good their die rolls are. But the story often has a lot to do with things that don't have anything to do with those conflict resolutions and those, those challenges. They have to do with choices that are made in the course of the game. And I'm immediately reminded of, say, Mass Effect. Mass Effect 3 famously did this thing where you made, like the other Mass Effect games, all these seemingly meaningful choices throughout the game just to get the end and find out that you basically had one of three choices to make and everybody was stuck with one of those three endings... And they were severe. And it felt like you really got cheated along the way because of that. Like, why did I go through all that just to end up with this stupid fucking decision? I didn't feel completely cheated, but I guess I can see where you're coming from at that. Well, and I didn't even play the game. I'm actually just hearsay. Oh, I I heart sunk (laughs) into playing that game. I sucked. I couldn't shoot at anything, so I gave up. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I played the whole thing on narrative level. Um, And yeah, I played it where you sign in and it gives you a little pop-up that says, hey, by the way, you're playing this in a way that the developers did not design this to be played. (laughs) So we're just letting you know this is not an optimal experience. I'm like, that's fine. Don't shoot me. Bye. Yeah, we're good. I I did not uh, play it much, but I did watch Nira play quite a bit of it. You know, she was um, she was very happy with it up until the end of the third game, and and then she of course hated Andromeda like everybody. But uh, yeah, I didn't like Andromeda. I I don't necessarily I, I don't I don't feel bad. I got into Dragon Age instead. You know, I, and I played the shit out of Dragon Age. So it's a lot After, harder to get shot yeah. when they don't have guns. Uh, but there's plenty of magic and yes. crossbows. <laughs> But it didn't, like, immediately kill, like, the guns do in everything. Okay. I, I, I also played that. that at the lowest level, so that's a so whole other story. <laughs> so did um, I. <laughs> my, my, my brother uh, likes to sit around and play Doom 2 when he's just killing time. Like, really, or Doom Eternal. One of the really old Doom, you know, PC platform games. Or not platform, you know what I mean, 3D, uh, 3D shooter games. And... <laughs> It's a very pixelated game, and we used to love Doom. I mean, it came out I, in the early 90s. I don't know. I was a like, Castle yeah. Wolfenstein, and I was like... There were mm, some Wolfenstein yeah. nods in there. And then I, I yeah. walked away. Because it was ID software. But Doom was pretty intense and whatever. Now you look back at it, and it's really... What is that thing supposed to be? I have no idea. <laughs> but... Um, I had a reason for bringing that up. It had something to do with what you just said. My brain is... <laughs> wow, today. I am really not on the same Welcome level Welcome to here. summer 2022. Oh, gosh, this heat wave. Yeah. I mean, okay, now, mind you, it doesn't get out of the 80s here, but we have learned in the past week that people in this town are freaking out because it's been a lot of days in the 80s, and apparently that's uncommon. I'd be happy if it got down to 80. Oh, my God, yes. Right? Because you guys are dealing, like, 140-degree temperatures and, right. like, you know, uh air conditioning that obviously cannot keep up i had There's to laugh something. somebody posted yeah. something about i would rather deal with 40 degree temperatures than 110 and i said that's funny because i switched to celsius so my thing says 40 degrees and it's still hot <laughs> because it's almost 110 yeah yeah that didn't help thanks <laughs> oh i remember the lowest level on uh lowest level difficulty on doom was called i'm too young to die that's what I was trying to remember. Oh, that's yeah. Like, that's, that's the way to handle it. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah, once it goes over 30 degrees Celsius here, I'm out. We've got storms and stuff moving through, which also the people and I, apparently all this shit followed me because, you know, even the, like, because Johnny lived here like three weeks before me, normal weather for Alamosa, Colorado, you know, pretty, pretty standard for the valley up here. As soon as I moved here, all the rain comes in, the excessive heat, the thunderstorms. She we, she had gotten away from that weather so that she could function as a normal human being all the time. And now she's still, you know, you know taking long naps and stuff again because of the, the weather moving in. I told you not to steal that apple from the Druid's cart when we were visiting that nearby stand next to the forest. But you insisted that it was one apple and they wouldn't miss it. It was really tasty. <laughs> And I'm, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. I, yeah. Well, I, when he shapeshifted in front of you, it should have been a sign he was a druid. Speaking of apples and shapeshifting, I'm about halfway through the Amber Spyglass right now, the third in the Ooh, stupid nice. Dark Material books, and I am freaking the fuck out. You should be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I watched that series, the first two seasons that are on HBO, because we're still waiting on the third one to drop, and it followed pretty much the first two books. And now I'm trying to imagine what the third... Season's gonna look like there's because there's been some interweavy in the TV show, so you've seen part uh, of yeah. the third book. narrative stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, I'm trying to think of how. I mean, this was not a world I'd want to make a game out of. I decided that. Actually. Oh, I would in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. It would mm-hmm. terrify people and possibly piss people off, but no, it would it's be just great. Fucked up. <laughs> fucked up. I do like stories that do that to me, though. That, See, that really, it would be a great really game world. Get you some. Oh, uh, I, okay, fine. <laughs> All right, Vanessa's running. Right? No. <laughs> no. See how quick she backed out on that one? <laughs> to be fair, I have been exploring the Dune stuff that's out there. Dune? Yeah. Sounds spicy. That's another that's another setting I'm not sure if I'd love. I mean, I love the setting. I love the the books and I like the movie that they just did. Really, really like yes. the movie they just did. I I don't know whether or not I would love it as a game setting. And I mean, there's been you know the RPG out there, the newest RPG. There's a, is, it looks really cool. They got you know a great system for it and everything. I just don't know, guys. That's a, a weird setting. I mean, it, and you try to imagine what kind of stories you're going to tell in there in a game. It'd have to be high intrigue. It would. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I, and that part I love, but I still like, couldn't tell you what the best way to approach it would be. It's like Babylon Five. You. It's a high intrigue setting. There's just no way to play a different type of game in there. Hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> hate it when that happens. Because you like intrigue. <laughs> I read did, I read somewhere that like Traveler is like 45 years old today or something like that. Oh. Like, wow. That game's been through a lot of iterations. Yes, it has. I've, you I've remember the original few. iterations where you could die during character creation? Yeah, yes, I remember that. <laughs> Have you ever heard about this, Vanessa? Uh uh-uh. <laughs> Traveler as a it's it's a space game. Okay. Um it, it's pretty there's a lot you could do with it. because uh, and we've we've talked over the years about doing other stuff with it. Uh but when Firefly came out, that was a big one. It's like, oh, this would make a great traveler game. You know, you could do like a Star Wars style game with it pretty easily. But it's it's pretty hard sci-fi. But it has this um sort of life path kind of character creation approach. Uh-huh. Where you do a lot of random determination as you build up your character, uh, starting with their youth and 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 their, you know, their early career and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And in the early editions of the game, uh, you could roll badly enough that you didn't make it out of character creation. What? <laughs> oh, just, I, I shit you not. <laughs> How do you not make it out of character creation? <laughs> Like making poor choices in bit life, and then now I'd have you, nothing you, to roll with. You horror. died. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I I don't think that's the case anymore. I um, would sure whatever. hope not. 
discouraging. discouraging. I mean, the, if they Dude. died that easily, you don't want to run them anyway. Dude. Darwinism <laughs> meets character creation. I was like, oh, Me well. no likey character creates. If I'm gonna, if it's gonna die immediately, I'm not gonna immediately turn around and go like, okay, I'll just build another one. I'm gonna go fuck that shit. I'm turn. I'm gonna Maybe flip the table. I shouldn't make a half orc rogue assassin. <laughs> as long as I'm tangenting in that uh, general direction, uh, how would you guys feel about starting up the AP showcase again? I meant to do it earlier in the season. I would totally be okay with that. I freaking loved it. I would love to as long Depending as I on timing. Because I, <laughs> I enjoy the different. I enjoy playing the different systems and expressing new yes. characters. I actually had an email today from uh, a guy who's launching a Kickstarter for like an uh, not even the original game. It's been out for a bit. Up, up like product expansion products or something for his current game is and I don't want to talk about it on the air without having a chance to oh, got it, kind got of it, talk got to it. him first um, about who it is but oh, he's he was talking about started. various things well the the Kickstarter launches on the first oh. so I'll, I'll definitely mention or it will. soon um, but yeah the, uh, the 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 one of the things he he kind of mentioned in the email was you know if we maybe be interested in doing a pl- an actual play you know together he'd be willing to run a shot a one shot kind of session I'm sitting here thinking that's exactly the kind of thing we do <laughs> um so if I can get a schedule together for it and uh, you guys are down we'll uh, we'll get some AP showcase stuff going again I think I, I he's not he's not the only person who's brought it up I mean we have to have, be able to put kind of a schedule together obviously yeah. Yeah, with some games. Uh, but I think his game is is one of the Forged in the Dark style games. Oh, fun. Um, kind of like Scum and Villainy was. We did that. I was about to yeah. say, I vaguely one. recall us doing something similar to that. They had the clocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, liked yeah. the clocks. The clocks were neat. Yeah, that's something I've wanted to find ways to work into other games. Right. <laughs> it's hard not to bastardize games when you see really good concepts like that. Yeah. Especially things that, especially those games, they're so narrative. Because even though they're rules, you know, they're systems, they're narrative systems. So it's really easy to imagine kind of dropping them into any game that doesn't focus on narrative play in its rule set. Even D&D doesn't focus on narrative play in its rule set. You know, it gives you a lot of tools, but you can introduce all of your own tools you want to. And so, you know, you look at something like that and go, but it's, you know, I mean, with, with crunchier games like that, where they have so much uh, involved in the task resolution already, that particular system wouldn't make as much sense. But, no. uh, but I, I could definitely see employing it in other places. And I thought it might be kind of fun or just need to kind of, you know, run some forged in the dark stuff because dude, <laughs> right? I enjoyed scum and villainy a lot. It was <laughs> a super fun one for that one shot. Yeah, and then uh, John ran that for us. He was, it was yes. great. We had a great time. Yes. John's also a great GM. Um, he is. Yeah, yeah. He brings <laughs> a lot of a lot of energy to a story. Uh, I really, uh, I really enjoyed working with him. I'm glad he's been so involved in our gaming community and running games for our game days and the conventions and stuff. And he's, uh, uh, he's. I don't think he's got anything scheduled for the convention yet this year, but he's bought his tickets and everything. So I'm sure he will. <laughs> Yeah, I just sent out an email me. reminder to, to people uh, because if you bought tickets and um, bought that discount pad, you know, the discount, the, the Game Master volunteer discount, uh, if it's for running games or events, you need to have it on the schedule before, say, the 2nd of September is our deadline. 
Um, yep, I was looking through the stuff that I have, and I think I know what I'm going to do. Currently, so. or doesn't Excellent. <laughs> we'll, we'll work with you if you need more time for some reason. But the, the point is that when I open up um, early registration for VIGs, I want to have a full schedule there. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we give, we give you that discount. We appreciate all the hard work you put into prepping and running games and events. I don't want you to think for a moment that we don't value that to the utmost. What hours are we looking at for Friday? Just out of curiosity. We'll actually won't be starting until um, afternoon. Okay. Won't be there in the, in the morning. We'll still be getting set up this year. So uh, we're not even, yeah, it's one of those deals where we're not getting access to the full convention center until noon. Okay. But uh, we're good. We're launching. We're opening at one o'clock. Open the doors at one o'clock. Uh, basically gaming slots start at two. Uh, we're doing a uh, nine to one, two to six and seven to 11 this year. Say at least one of mine is going to be like right when the thing starts because I've got the whole day off. <laughs> I, I put figure in might as well put off. in an opener. <laughs> well, I I'm really I'm, I'm excited about what I've already seen on the schedule, and uh, I I think that it's it's going to be a fun uh, event. But I want to see more. If you're planning on running stuff, be sure to get it up there. You know, uh, soon this this next month, if you can, please, and uh, that way you've you've earned your discount. You get it on the schedule so that everybody has a chance at it, and that gives the best chance that you have in your table filled up too. I mean. Which would just, be awesome. Uh, I really hope people actually play in my games this year. Put the time into running. <laughs> it's uh, nice to have people. It, it'll be better think, in person because you can't yeah. get Yeah, your bad luck was on the online And people who thing. don't have something. Yeah, yeah I've uh, anyway, luck with um, online. <laughs> I, I was able to run one game. I didn't run any others. <laughs> Not for lack anyway, of mean, trying. <laughs> meaningful decisions. Meaningful choices. Um so uh, there's a, there's a point uh, when you're you engaged with the story where uh, a lot of times as a game master you have the ability to decide whether or not to carry forward what the player characters accomplish in a way that actually affects the story or informs the story or uh, kind of ignore it in favor of what you've probably already got in mind. This can happen a lot. You know, it's, it's actually not, I think, an uncommon kind of crux, you know, divide in the road. It isn't a really big deal most of the time. So it's not one that I, I think causes a lot of uh, issues because usually if even if, if one thing doesn't tend to really kind of matter a lot, something else will. But it is so possible, especially like I said in adventure games, to run games where player characters just deal with challenge after challenge which means that most of the times the things they're accomplishing are things that happen almost by happenstance. And although those are things that they'll talk about, those are things that they'll celebrate, those are not the things that really matter in the long run. And so I've seen the examples of this again and again where you know, you, your, your PCs will be involved in dealing with these heady challenges and they'll be excited to get through them, but it will be some crucial moment where somebody did a thing or had to make a decision about something that really becomes the glue that makes the story uh kind of hold together and that's the kind of those are the kinds of opportunities i think are really important to not just not 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 just plan for when you have the opportunities to game master you know put those in your story where you can oh, yeah. but don't let them languish when they are presented to you that's a gift to you as a GM. It's a gift. Your PCs are doing a thing, usually proactively in the situations I'm talking about. And that's that's one of the big differences because it's not uncommon for players to be very reactive in games. Again, I, we were talking about this earlier. It may have been before the show. It's not necessarily uncommon for the, to have players who are very proactive and they could give a shit less what you got planned as the DM and that's <laughs> 
fine. <laughs> I'm not bagging on that. Also happens. <laughs> but uh, more often in my experience are reactive players who they, they kind of deal with stuff as it comes to them. And then when they make decisions, it's usually based on the fallout of their of the challenges that they face. Yeah, it's story decisions, you know, plot points, uh, interactions and engagements. And this isn't always stuff like, I mean, one really easy way about this is like social engagements, right? Mm-hmm. That's not exactly what I'm talking about because social encounters are actually just another kind of conflict resolution in a lot of situations. You know, they're just a way of, I want to accomplish this thing. What do I got to do to get there? Whether that's you know, talking it through or rolling some dice or engaging uh, some element of the rules, some uh, some talent that you have, spells, powers, whatever it is, that a lot of times that's just a matter of resolving an issue and getting onto something else. And so it's not quite the same. But if you were to go into a social situation intending an outcome and uh, utilizing the uh, information that came up during that to moderate your outcome and actually accomplish what you're looking for, it's going to matter to you more than if it was a matter of happenstance, if that makes sense. Uh, the uh, situation right now that we're dealing with in the desert that you know you guys specifically are dealing with, and I know that, uh, Richard, you were a little off balance because you missed a session in there. Yeah, I did. And you came back and you're like, oh, we're we went back, back in, in the there? dungeon oh, we God. fled. Why? <laughs> No. Thankfully, well, Nira's okay. character and my character have similar feelings about the thing. Although we also ran at the same time last time we left yeah. it. So. Well, you guys were the two that escaped with all your, your junk and everybody else wanted to go back for theirs. I mean, that made sense. But now that we're here, let's poke around some more. Yeah, yeah that makes uh, sense. Yeah. Totally Yay, sense. you guys, totally adventurers. Yeah, what are you gonna what what are you gonna do? No, no, why, no. why run from a dungeon? I originally know? went down there because I had a life quest, and since I died for a moment while I was down there, my life quest was ended, and I no longer had to complete <laughs> it. And I am now searching for a different life quest that's less lifey, and is not going to be found in the bottom of a scary dungeon. Right? That's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Actually, it might be. You never know. I know the motivations of my character. He wants to finish the book. <laughs> Uh, see, that's, uh, that's a choice. <laughs> it's a series of choices. It's meaningful. Uh, there's a point where my character's running through the adventures with these other characters and taking notes to write the stories that I'm like, is he totally R.R. Martining this? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> uh, so if you, if you, uh, look at that, scenario the the original expectation obviously in the adventure is you go into the dungeon and you kick some ass and you do the thing that adventurers do and we went into the dungeon instead got our ass kicked and uh did the thing that adventurers don't usually have to do which is where everybody runs away or dies I, I, or almost dies. i seem to have lost those in my notes i have no idea what you're talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'll never make it to uh, edit and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and sadly, we're not recording that game. <laughs> we could, just saying. Uh, not now. That'd be silly. <laughs> Start War of the Burning story Sky. Play. War of the Burning Sky, we should definitely consider recording. That'd be fun. Anyway, the uh, but, but the player characters are in this kind of dungeon where they know that a, a cult of bad guys have been set up and, and doing their thing, and they've run into some of their accoutrements and some of their subordinates and um, tackle that particular challenge. But then they've come across a way to get into the next part of the dungeon. And um, 
I'm not sure if you guys realized it immediately, but the people, the cultists, did not necessarily know about this next part of the dungeon. <laughs> yeah. So that. there's that point where you know you move on, you press on because you're adventurers. Like I said, in dungeon. Oh, look, a secret door. We got to go past it. I mean, deal with the monsters. The deeper down you go, the better gold is. Right, of right, course. Right. I mean, adventures. But you do have specific goals which may or may not have anything to do with this. To find more gold. Uh, th- that wasn't the goals I was referring to, but I, I can appreciate your uh, candor. And, I mean, I realize that um, Octavia Jackson. is largely on the same... Jackson and Octavia definitely had their goals in check. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there's that point at which you have to you know, kind of wonder. It's like, if you came to realize or decide that this um, these challenges that are now laid out in front of you have nothing to do with the ostensible party goals do you push on or do you turn back right and so i've been waiting to see what you would have i realize we haven't gotten far enough into it to really you know challenge you guys in that way yet but um i did i also didn't think it would hurt to you know get you to kind of think along these lines is is the priority there you know a, a question of simple motivations because too often now you got to consider we play online we play with a virtual tabletop the map is on the vtt the characters are literally wandering through the dungeon on the tv screen you know what i'm saying yes there is a point at which it's really hard to disengage from oh look i can see shit i couldn't see before let's go down that hallway because that my friends is dungeons and dragons (laughs) yeah they attack the darkness. There's that level of it too, right? There's that completely meta sort of unconcerned sort of player level. I totally didn't go this way because it was a direction to go. It was because I was genuinely right. motivated by story. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I want to examine this wall with half an S sticking out of it. Your maps don't do that, but it's still funny. It's still funny. Yeah. I, I'm glad they don't. <laughs> Also, yeah. I yeah. Sometimes that's a matter of finding. I, I got lucky. I found a guy that had uh, done renditions of a lot of the Desert of Desolation maps. I mean, it is a pretty classic adventure. And in in whatever software he's using, they look fantastic. And um, so I've been using those. And yeah. he did not fuck it up by putting like the secret door stuff in in a way that would be a problem. You know? Yeah. Ah. There are places I have to get creative with the the dynamic lighting I've, stuff. But. Actually, I've also have watched for humps in the dynamic lighting or weird cut. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call simple. that stone sense, although I'm not a dwarf, so I don't know why I'm using it. Oh, wait. Metagamers Anonymous. I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm in but, the right uh, place. I bring up that example because I feel like um, it's another um, angle that may it matters to us as players, and I know I know it's very meta, so it's it's kind of feels like the thing not to focus on. But the truth is that a lot of the things that matter to uh, how we approach the games in character are the things that hit us as players in a way that's meaningful. You know, you want to you want to experience that when, when I talk about meaningful choices, sometimes the player character's opinion may or may not color 
how that rolls out in the story. Yeah. But the players often does. Yes. You know, because we're talking about engagement at that point. We're talking about ways to pull your players into the story and make them care. Have it so that when their characters do a thing, it fucking matters. But like for Jackson, there are three there are three motivators. Wealth, uh, mostly because that's a motivator for Octavia and he believes that she is a path that he wants to follow for fame and glory. Mm-hmm. Um, for reasons. Uh, <laughs> there is the quest, the story, the the is because he's a bard that's if he said like, he's do, going to do a quest for someone he is going to do it he's going to keep his word he's already noped out on the other quest because he technically died and calls that good so right now he's down here without a quest and then the third thing is if it's going to make a good story i'll go ahead and follow it through just to see if i can put pen to paper and maybe make some money down the way telling tales and taverns often with whatever elaborations make sense to so how far (laughs) i dive down involves entirely is how i'm going to feel about quest or um risk reward but you as a player have another set of dynamics that will affect how you engage with the game because for example we all enjoy cool moments when something awesome happens that we get to experience and be part of as a group. Yeah. Yes. You know, that's not a character motivation most of the time. It's it's not the kind of thing that's going to drive your character. Although it is for mine because those cool moments Although become yours stories. yours a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it also it's also harder to plan for. And that's just the kind of, that's kind of the, the low-hanging fruit. That's why really, he's been but. following around the Hobgoblin because there's really no other reason. He just wants to find interesting stories and he thinks the Hobgoblin's going to trip into them. To be fair, all that Phoenix really does is throw in fire and run away, so... <laughs> Like, Her when I get back simple. to my own side yeah. of the world, I am done with you people. Oh, no, I I still want to make friends, but I'm pretty sure these friends are going to die. <laughs> or get you killed. Or get me killed. I don't want to die. Uh, she'll, like, let us all die, and then she'll go back to the other temple and become a goddess. And find more followers. <laughs> That'll keep me alive. I like That's being terrible. alive. <laughs> uh I really think um, I, I I don't focus so much on those when in the moment to moment those those types of decisions, but I think that meta appreciation of how how people engage with the game is uh, vital to making a great gaming experience. And so, as as a game master, I feel it is incumbent upon me to try to be aware of that. If you've ever had this experience as a GM, and um, I, it's it's been a while since it's been a regular thing for me, but I remember a period in my career when it was. The, the most exciting thing can often be listening to your players discuss your game and theorizing about all the things that are happening or going to happen, which then gives you ideas you can yoink from them to replace anything you had in mind or to go somewhere that you'd never thought of. One of these days I'm going to learn to quit musing out loud like that. (laughs) Well, I think that's one of the reasons it's less of an issue is nowadays, well, one, I don't even live where you guys are anymore. But people don't, yes, my players don't do that kind of musing a lot anymore. I don't know, I don't know what that is. Maybe my games aren't as engaging. Maybe we just, we've, we've gotten older, so we have other things on our mind all the time. We just talk about it with you're not around. It's fine. That, and that, of course, <laughs> is the font of all wisdom. But I mean, I remember I had a campaign, uh, I mean, 20 years ago, but I had a campaign where. We got together like on you know Tuesday night to play, and then Wednesday night it seemed like every week most of my players would show up at my house and sit around and talk about the damn game. <laughs> and I mean, there was a point at which I'm like, "Do you guys even realize you're guiding the story yet?" 
I mean, do, do you <laughs> realize that this that this thing you're dealing with right now was something one of you mentioned three months ago, and I just wrote that shit down? And I mean, I realize it's like a bad joke, and every game master who's run campaigns and has been doing this long enough has had these moments. It's funny. It's just going to do real. this. Well, it wasn't, but it is now. <laughs> but part of that is, again, about meaningful choices. Oh, yeah. Because the player characters are then engaging in it, and when they turn out to be, quote, right, it's all the more exciting. It really is, yeah. yeah. Particularly when you have things that are puzzling or convoluted, you know, or, or involve um, a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainties. And I, I, I don't see a problem with that. I mean, again, very meta, but something that in no way denigrates the quality of the game or the experience and can really enhance uh the engagement but i mean again it's kind of large scale and i mean it 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 matters with small scale things too when a when a character is in a scene and does something that doesn't seem particularly important Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes a lot of times i've noticed that with with my players at least those tend to be things that are just care for character affectations you know somebody uh, they're going to sit there humming while they brush their hair while other things are going on. Mm. But I get to, if I want to, I can have an NPC who takes notice of that and like weeks later is humming the same song when they're trying to do something and, you know, gives the player a chance to realize that. Or, or, I mean, there's little things that you can do that are circumstantial like that, which are just as engaging. Oh, yeah. But the most important thing, I think... Um, I would I would stress when it comes to the question of choice is really not about what you use. It's about what you allow allow to lapse. Mm-hmm. When when PCs do things that are deliberate and in the end they do not make a difference. Fuck that noise. Yeah. Occasionally it's gonna happen. That's life. And, and occasionally it should, because that's life. Right. But I the lion's share of the time, if I have the opportunity, I'm going to make it matter because that really is going to make the game something special. So uh, anyway, that's my spiel on that. Yeah. If you have any experiences like that you'd like to share, we'd love to hear about it. Oh, yeah. Feedback at prismaticsunami.com. That's feedback at prismaticsunami.com. Also drop in on our uh, Discord server and become part of the conversation there. It's been a little crickety lately. We have yeah. uh, one or two people that get on there and talk some and um, give us a chance to respond. And um, I want more people to talk to. Yeah. But it is nice having that uh, forum right there where we can discuss things and especially things that come up during the show or things that come up in real life that affect our games. There's, you know. there's even a channel to talk about asomtees.shop. Yeah, I, I had to slide it. Sorry. I said it's going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got good stuff. I was running out of time. You were running out of time. <laughs> I'm not going to come up with a clever way, damn it. I'm just going to find a, an opportunity. Oh, look, a First it in. First it in. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> we're actually going to be taking uh, the tea to some uh, local events, local-ish. Uh, one of them is actually outside the valley, uh, but it's in the town where my mom lived, uh, just outside the other side of the mountains from where I'm at. Oh. And uh, that'll be kind of cool. Because we're up in the San Luis Valley. you got to go actually through mountains to get to us. We are in a mountain hug. How far away are Um, you from the zombies? I don't know. I don't know. I wish I knew. That would make me feel better. We got to do that, too. We got to get that game scheduled, man. So um, if if you are a fan of our Project Z actual play, upon great occasion, it was supposed to be more frequent, like once or twice a year. But uh, upon great occasion, we try to get uh, the group together of our higher level uh, uh, contributors to our Patreon. And a couple of our players who were uh, regulars 
uh, most recently that was uh, Jonica and uh, Justin, by Deckard and Missy. And I mean, just get together and continue the story in some way. You know, add another chapter, and we're ready to do that again. We we've been we've been talking about it. And we just had a scheduling snafu. There was just too much shit going on, but but we're gonna get another one in there. And uh, it's it's a little bit of a dance when it comes to scheduling because we're literally spread out all over the globe. <laughs> but that's all right. We'll make it happen. But yeah, um, I hope it's nowhere close to me. You know. Uh, I, the, after living up here, I, I definitely feel like, uh, making that a, like, town in Colorado surrounded by mountains was perfect. Right. You feel pretty isolated. That's the world's out there. Took a drive yesterday. I mean, the valley is actually a pretty good sized. Uh, I went to one of the jobs I'm looking at is in a, a littler town that's about 45 minutes away from me. I'm not super excited about the commute, but I am super excited about the salary, so we'll see. <laughs> but, uh... I went up to check out the community, and it's this little bitty, very artsy town right at the base of the mountains. Ooh, artsy is fun. And I'm just like, oh, it is so gorgeous there. And I'm like, I, I would, so John and I drive around this little town and go, and I think um, if we stick around next year, if we decide this is us long term, that maybe our next house needs to be here and you commute back to Alamosa. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you're not wrong. It's really good. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> But um, yeah, and that was like uh, north of north of us, and there's I think just as much valley south of us, east of us, west of us. Uh, Alamos is kind of right in the middle, but it's a pretty area. And right now, it's uh, not near as hot as anywhere you guys are. Nope. Um, it's almost forty degrees Celsius here, and I'm about at my tap out point. <laughs> I got a I got a cool breeze coming in the window right in front of me right now, so I'm you I'm suck. digging it. <laughs> Well, we also don't have air conditioning. They don't believe that in, the, in that in this part of the world. Oh, that's, so, yeah, exactly. Because Most it never gets hot. Yeah, the, the, the trade-off, by the way, is the winter. We've been hearing all about it, you know. Uh, Say so when we had our honeymoon in California, there were a couple of the hotels that didn't have air conditioning because it was right on the coast and they didn't need it. It was 60s in July. Oh, you guys are you guys are gonna have to come through. Um, we're talking about doing that trip to what is it next year, Vanessa? Uh, what's that place oh, called? What's the name of the place? Ever something. <laughs> oh, oh, in Utah. Yeah, yeah. Evermore uh, Park. Evermore. Uh, it just it, it looks like a lot of fun. It does. And, we we did that. We started doing kind of the math, looking at logistics, and I'm like, well, um, you know, you guys from Wichita, anybody that wants to go, just drive up here, crash here, because yeah. it's we're we're with a one day, the first day drive, uh, you know, it gets you to us, and we've got room a little bit, you know, we got room, and uh, then uh, we uh, go, we carpool the rest of the way up there, and all we got to worry about is hotels up there at Evermore, getting into the park, which I understand is actually really reasonable. Oh yeah. And uh, food and shopping, of course, because, you know, I mean, <laughs> despite the fact that it's basically just an immensely integrated cosplay sort of renaissance fair, there's definitely going to be shopping. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. But, yeah, we're talking about hoping to be able to do that in the spring before it gets hot next summer. I right. support this. While there's still uh, water in the lake over there. We'll just have to figure it out around your freaking tax schedule. Yeah. May have to be late April, huh? Yeah. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll talk more about that another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys. Appreciate you wrapping with me today. Yeah, definitely. Only, uh, 
you know, I was hoping to get Sean on and, and talk to him, but we'll get another chance to do that. Meanwhile, you know, we had a good time talking, and um, I'm looking forward to this week's games and looking forward to getting more stuff ready for the con and all the things, all the blessed things. All right, well, thank you so much for listening to episode number 279 of Metagamers Anonymous. Getting on out of here for tonight, Matty. My name is Eric. I'm Rich. And I'm still Vanessa. And that works out well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>